Welcome back to the Heartland Pod for November 8th, 2022. My name is Adam Summer. I am your host. Today's podcast is short, it's sweet, it's to the point, and it's to help all of us on our way to the polls, to help fill our heads with something to think about during the day as we get to the results tonight. And a reminder that tonight at 9 p.m. Central, we are going to go live with our streaming coverage of all of the outcomes to the races. To do that, you've got to be a Patreon member. So go to heartlandpod.com and click on the Patreon button. Get signed up. Two bucks a month, and you can join our live recording, our live coverage. And if you sign up for one of the higher levels, you can get some priority by asking some questions that we'll try to answer live. And we do expect a special guest appearance from the one and only Jess Piper from Missouri. All right, let's go. Welcome back to the Heartland Pod. Again, my name is Adam Summer, and I am your host. For those of you who have never listened to our show before, thanks for joining us. Uh, interesting day to hop on to a political podcast, but we're glad that you're here. That's what matters, right? Uh, and uh, we're glad that you found us now because you're just in time. You're just in time. That's that's what's so great about it. And really, anytime you're just in time. But today in particular... You're just in time. Uh, I'm a lawyer in West Central Missouri, and uh, we've got lots of folks who work on these shows together. You can find all of our information at heartlandpod.com and on all the social media with at the Heartland Pod. Any place you look, you're going to find us with at the Heartland Pod. Just look for the three green leaves in the logo, and you'll know that you're finding uh, the right place. So, um, this show is uh, me to you. It is a, a personal reach out directly to every single one of you as voters, as listeners, as folks who care about politics in whether it's, you know, Missouri or Iowa or Kansas or Nebraska or wherever, Tennessee, Illinois, Wisconsin, wherever you're at, you care. That's why you're listening to this right now. That or you just like my voice. I don't know. Some people say that they just like my voice. Maybe that's enough. Probably not. But you've probably either you've voted already, you've early voted, or you're on your way to vote. Maybe you're listening to this on your way to vote. I like to, to think that that's when a lot of folks will listen to this is on their way to the polls. And you're mulling some stuff over. So, I, you know, there's a lot of decisions to make. But all of those decisions are going to have ramifications and they're going to have ripple effects. And one of the main things to remember is that... Right now, today, this election, November 8, 2022, the midterm election, it's not the last election. It's another election. There's a lot of elections coming up. There's going to be spring elections for school boards, city councils, things like that. This doesn't end on November 8th. It's just another in a series of ongoing elections. I've talked several times about expectations and realistic outcomes. One thing I try to do with these shows is keep the prism of pragmatism fixed to the filter we use. Being pragmatic, by the way, it's not flashy. It rarely has the same satisfying feel as the wide open attack of pure ideology. But what pragmatism lacks and pizzazz, it more than makes up for with actual results and impact. One thing that most of the analysis and prognostications leave on the table that they left on the table, especially with Donald Trump, 
was that while some of his policies were extreme and his rhetoric was absolutely batshit, I mean, a lot of what he was saying about the actual policies in America was batshit. Don't get me wrong. But there was some stuff he was saying that was very mainstream. Some of it was truly populist in its, in its tone. You've heard some of it repeated just in smarter, better ways by some other candidates. And even somewhat popular on the left, some of the things. Think about his stance on the forever war started by Bush and furthered by Obama as a prime example. And don't worry, this is not some defense of the Trump presidency podcast. Not by a long shot. I think the man's a traitor to his oath and should be punished. That's not the point here, though. The point is, if there, if there is one, is to help us all refocus a little bit. Today, millions of ballots will be cast across America. Millions have already been cast. And if you're hearing this after November 8th, the odds are that millions may still need to be counted. We could also be in the midst of a true crisis of democracy as the big lie repeats itself, but this time many smaller versions of the same thing in races across the country. No doubt there will be some unexpected outcomes. Some of the early returns are far more favorable to Democrats than normal, not just in a midterm cycle, but even in a general cycle. These are good numbers, but something we don't yet know, because we can't know until after the 2022 midterm election, is the actual impact that the big lie had on when and how many people will choose to vote. You see, we can't really look at the spring elections of 2021 to tell us that, because participation in those elections is significantly different than in fall elections. It just is, by its very nature. Personally, I live in a county that is run by predominantly Republicans in office. Now, I've never had a complaint that their behavior and rhetoric matches the big lie, for example. Far from it, in fact. But even so, I choose to vote on the day of, and I choose to vote on a paper ballot. Maybe you think I'm paranoid. Maybe you think it's strange. But I've always done it that way. I, I likely probably will do it that way. I enjoy the ritual as much as anything, I suppose. Now imagine if I also believed that in 2020 people were hacking machines and changing votes and that in person, that that is the only way to make sure that nothing weird happens, to show up in person, to use a paper ballot. Which group of voters do you think is more likely to vote in that pattern? You think it's the group who spent two years trying to educate voters on the process of elections? or the group who bought tickets to see 2,000 Mules, the complete lie, propaganda, garbage, MAGA movie from Dinesh D'Souza. Which of those two groups do you think is going to follow that pattern? All of that is to say that I have a feeling that too many on the left are setting themselves up for an emotional letdown when the results come in for the 2022 midterms. Twitter isn't real life. About 20 to 23% of Americans are on Twitter, and of course, that number's starting to dwindle even now. But not all of those folks are there for politics, either. Personally, until a few years ago, hell, I was rarely into political Twitter. I spent most of my time following comedians or, you know, sporting news or live-tweeting sporting events. Twitter during a live major sporting event, it's a great time. Similarly, during a major political speech, like the State of the Union, it's a fun place to interact. But what it isn't is a place to craft broad takeaways about voter behavior. It isn't a place to figure out what will or will not happen in an election. It isn't a place to get your hopes up about outcomes that completely defy reason and trends. That being said, the thing about elections that buck trends 
is that they are very hard to see before they happen. It's usually only in studying them after the fact that the indicators become clear. Think about 2016. Think about the prognostications. Think about the way we looked at that race before and the way we looked at that race after, particularly when the climate is fairly predictive. Right now, economic concerns are absolutely the number one issues for voters heading to the polls. It is. It may not be your number one issue. It may not be my number one issue. But for a broad majority of voters, it is. And that matters. Still, gains will come in some places. In Missouri, people like Jess Piper, Bernadette Holzer, Samantha Deaton, Bethany Mann, Randy McCallion, Henry Martin, Kristen Radiker-Schaefer, Jenna Robertson, Eric Nowicki, Doug Mann, and dozens of others across the state have thrown themselves into races that the consultant class and political watchers might scoff at and tell them it's nothing but a waste of time. But the truth is, some of them will win. Maybe even a few we don't expect to win. And the ones that don't? Well, they're building a foundation that allows the next phase to begin. You see, losing a race doesn't have to be a defeat. It can simply be part of the education to do it better the next time. I was just talking recently with Nicholas Linke, who hosts the Delta Pod every other Wednesday with his wife, Christina, talking about gamification of things in education and other, other areas, talking about why we love playing Mario so much, because you can die over and over again. You just keep learning and learning and learning and learning until eventually you get to the end. And it doesn't matter what your points are, how many coins you have, how many lives you have, as long as you make it. That's all that matters. They're building a foundation that allows the next phase to begin. I talk about foundations with my students a lot, teaching them to introduce evidence in court, to do a cross-examination of a witness. It's so hard for us as human beings to be patient and go one small step at a time. Building something larger out of something small. It's, it's like filling a bucket with a teaspoon. It takes genuine patience. It takes commitment beyond the moment. And it, it takes the ability to trust that if you keep doing it, if you continue to do the work, that eventually the bucket will be full. It's hard to do. As you fill the bucket, the level will change. But that change will be imperceptible. Each teaspoon of water seeming like nothing until suddenly you realize the bucket is now full. It's about to spill. Filling the bucket, building the foundation, they must happen before anything else can occur. Without the foundation, the house cannot be built. But the foundation is hard work, and, and usually you don't see it. Have you ever gone to check out a new place to live? What would you look at first? The color, the number of rooms, the bathrooms, the layout, the kitchen? I have first-time homebuyers come to see me often, and you know what happens? They don't pay enough attention to the foundation. The foundation isn't cool. It isn't sexy. It's harder to see. But it is, in the end, the most important part of the house. If your foundation fails, the rest is irrelevant. Right now in Missouri and in places across America, we are the foundation. We are the base to build the rest. We are the water in the bottom of the bucket. We are the hand with the teaspoon diligently scooping another few ounces of water into the bucket. Piece by piece and bit by bit, we build. What we build may not be satisfying today. It may not be satisfying tomorrow, but it is vital to the future. 
Abstract rewards are harder to enjoy, but the reward here is a future we must secure. Another angle I look at with this topic is, is building a cross-examination during a legal case. Cross-exam is the lawyer's chance to truly attack, to damage the opponent, and even sometimes simultaneously build up your own case. Good trial lawyers will tell you that the cross-exam is simultaneously the hardest and most rewarding and most important part of the trial. But cross-exam is difficult because it is an attack. When we attack, doing so headlong with no finesse does very little good. You have to come at it at the right angle. You have to come at it without asking the wrong questions, without pushing too hard. The example I use with my students is to say, if you pick up the biggest sword you can find, and you run full speed at me while you yell that you're going to chop my head off. I'm just going to move out of the way. But if you get up next to me, if you stand close, if you make me forget, and you pull out the razor blade, you can start to cut. And eventually, each little cut adds up. Death by a thousand cuts. That's how you get where you want to go. So while you might not get everything you want out of the 2022 midterm election, ask yourself this question. Did you help build the foundation for 2024 and beyond? Because the answer is the true victory for this cycle. The Heartland Pod is a production of Midmap Media, LLC. Follow us on Twitter with at the Heartland Pod. With email, you can reach us, heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com. Online with heartlandpod.com. Subscribe and please sign up for our Patreon with patreon.com slash heartlandpod. Become a podhead or an official podgressive today and unlock all of our content. See you at the next show.